0: Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I am so pumped to introduce to you my friend, Kendall Mariah of Unapologetic Ministries. Hey, Georgia. Hi, Kendall. Kendall and I met, it's almost been a year ago now. Which is wild. I know. A lot has changed in this past year. Holy cow, yeah, We met last March. Mm -hmm. Sweet, sweet people at LifeWay invited us to Beth Moore's Living Proof event Mm -hmm. in Memphis, and I am just so glad I met this fierce fireball <laughs> of a legally blonde queen with just she's just fierce like that's literally the word I think of well, when I think you. of Kindle. thank you that that means so much I mean
1: what a wild time it has been since then and I know for you I'm sure that you felt it the way I did being at that conference just to be surrounded by so many like minded women was just a spirit filled event that I'll never forget because we live in a time where sometimes we're feel like we're having to sift through the sand to find where's the goodness in people or where are the people that think like me. And um, I think that we have a special bond with so many of the people that we attended that conference with, even though we were kind of a smaller group of about 30 ladies. But what connections we made there is insane to see how they've manifested over the last nine months.
0: Yes. And it was so encouraging to see y'all, because I think I was about the youngest one there and to see you women doing ministry and doing it so well Mm. and still being so whole and secure in the Lord, but still having your families and still growing in all these different spheres of influences of just your ministry. And Mm -hmm. that's why I just wanted to talk to you today about what does it mean to live unapologetic? What does it mean to be a woman of the Lord um, with you know, having a husband in the military. And now ever since I met you the first time then I met you in November again at the LifeWay Women's Forum, which that was incredible. Holy cow. Yeah. It's so amazing just to come together at those events and just reconnect of what God's done over those few months, Mm -hmm. but also just be encouraged. For sure.
1: Yeah. So unapologetic is probably not your average word when you want to throw in with the word ministry, because, of course, in the Bible, we have the study of the apologetics. Right. So unapologetic kind of sounds like it's counterproductive and in Mm -hmm. many senses when it comes to evangelism. But several years ago in 2015, I was fresh out of college and I was one of the people in college that did everything. I was a triple major. I was president of my sorority. Whoa. um, And I was dating my then boyfriend, turned fiance in college, who was 3,000 miles away. So, you know, I was working quite a bit to make sure I could buy my plane tickets to Seattle from North Carolina because they were a pretty penny. Mm -hmm. And life was just busy. And so by the time I got to my senior year, I was engaged, you know, trying to wrap up these three majors. I was hit with um, an emergency surgery issue. Mm. They had found a mass between my ovaries the size of a Nerf football. Mm. And I kind of got the news that I was either a trimester pregnant or something that was severely wrong with my uterus, and I know it's kind of graphic details, but you know, at 22 years old, I kind of knew the likelihood of me being pregnant was slim to none, mm-hmm. and but I was also so fearful that oh my gosh. I don't want this to be the end. You know, I've got so much life left to live. And lo and behold, our sorority philanthropy was ovarian cancer. Oh, my goodness. So I was showing all the signs and symptoms down to the size of the cyst. And so there was a couple of weeks there where I was being tested and had surgery. And, you know, it was just like my whole life came to a complete stop. You know, Mm. one doctor's visit. Changed and shifted everything. And at 22, when you think you have your whole life figured out, you know, I was like, I'm going to finish up these three degrees. I'm going to graduate. I'm getting married three weeks later. And then I'm moving to Seattle. Like, I, you know, I had like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It was all figured <laughs> out and taken care of. I had done everything. You know, I felt like God had told me to do it up until that point. It was finally gonna be my time to like fight it all out. And what I didn't know is that when you have a surgery like that, especially for women, is we are controlled a lot by hormones is they had to take away one of my ovaries, which there's a whole story in there about how we actually thought I was going to have to have a complete hysterectomy and didn't, but um, that's a whole nother day. But when I graduated, I got married three weeks later, and which I had started my business at the same time. I shot a doubleheader wedding weekend, the weekend I graduated college. Oh, wow. I left my college graduation and shot a wedding. And those six weeks went by. I was married and went to move to Seattle. And all of a sudden these feelings started coming inside of me that I didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. And I told my mom, and husband, I was like, I just feel like I'm going to explode sometimes, and I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. And mom's like, what do you mean you feel like you're going to explode? I was like, I feel like I have all this energy all of a sudden, but I have nowhere to direct it, and it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming, and then my heart starts racing. And there was a couple instances where it was over things that didn't really make sense. Like, I was driving home from my college campus one day, and I felt like I couldn't get there quick enough. And and I, like, had this, what I now know is a panic attack, because Mm -hmm. I thought my dog would have been in the kennel too long and was going to pee all over herself. Little things, but were big. Like, that would send me off the handle. I was diagnosed with anxiety then. I was always that person that was able to really put my emotions to the side. You know, I've come off as a very emotionless person a lot of times, which is unbelievable to some people because I can be quite dramatic. But as far as showing you how I feel, I'm not very good at. As an Enneagram 3, my feelings are not something I'm most comfortable with because mm. they're not productive. Mm. You know, it's just better to put it in my back pocket and just keep on moving forward and we'll handle it. Right. Yeah, you know, like my favorite thing to say is like I can handle it. Don't worry about it. it. I can handle it. Got to get to that to do list. Like I'll handle it. It's (laughs) like, Don't you worry about it. And so that turned my world upside down because when you have anxiety, you suddenly become sensitive to every emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, and sensitive to other people's emotions. I can remember like, I didn't even want to go to church because I didn't want to have to answer people's questions about when are you moving or how's Justin doing? You know, when does he have to leave? Just because those questions, what I now would call are kind of triggers of questions. I didn't necessarily have an end all be all answer to. And so all of my anxiety stems from seasons of lack of control. And so mm. when my health got out of control and then of course meeting someone in the military, you lose all of your personal control, um, because you're following them around. And so that was um Around August is when it really started to get really tough. And then in November of 2015, I had like a clinical nervous breakdown. And I'll just never forget laying in my parents' bed and just screaming because Mm -hmm. I thought that if I moved, literally the world would come crashing down. Like, and it would be my fault. Like, Mm -hmm. everything was my fault. And at that point, I had depression as well. And I was having to go to the doctor three days a week for physical therapy. And so my mind, body, and soul was just depleted and exhausted Mm. and my mom knew the right question to ask she wasn't trying to take me to a hospital or to the doctor she said who will you go talk to because she just I think she innately knew that if I could get it off my chest if I could get to the bottom of what was making me feel this intense sense of it's my fault the world is going to end like this doom and gloom that I couldn't shake if I could start to unravel you know that yarn ball of fear and anxiety that we could start to make progress. And that was kind of the climax and kind of the real monumentous point um, is when things started to shift. And I say this as, you know, the most God-fearing person I knew even at that time. I was the Christian president of a Christian sorority. I led a 7 a.m. Bible study since I was in the sixth grade. Wow. And um, so faith was never the thing. And I think that was what I was struggling with, too. It's like, if there was a way to pray this away, I would have already prayed it away. Right. You know, if you there was a way it. to have worshiped away, it would have already gone away. And so we were trying to figure out what are some tactical steps for us to take. And mm-hmm. so through that process, and you know, if you've ever had to recover from any kind of injury, you know that you don't just break your leg and then all of a sudden get to go do a pirouette the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, having a nurse breakdown or really kind of hitting the bottom of the pit doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden the next day you're going to wake up and like mentally feel 100% again. You've got to have that mental physical therapy just as you would with your body. And so Mm -hmm. I spent the next several months really stripping away all the things were unnecessary. Like I stopped watching TV. I stopped, um, Doing a lot of, I'd stop working at all. Anything that was competitive, I deleted off social media, mm. which was hard when you live 3,000 miles away, because that's what was a connector for me Right back home. But God just really put on my heart to strip it all away. Let's mm-hmm. go back to the basics. Mm. I need you to relearn me again, and I'll help you relearn this new version of you. Because mm. what I've learned is when you go through a traumatic experience of any sort, you're not going to come out on the other side back to the person you were before no it is a rebirthing of a new version a new chapter of you mm-hmm. and so god had given me this gift of a season where i was married to someone who's able to write, provide in a way that i didn't have to work and mm-hmm. so i could spend you know my days figuring out how to take care of myself because during this time span i also gained 40 pounds so no longer did I feel like myself? I didn't look like myself. Mm-hmm. And so there, once I have an identity issues, yeah. you know, I wouldn't even, there was probably months where I didn't look in the mirror, mm-hmm. which for, you know, people right now wouldn't even believe. Right. And so it was just, it was just so tough. But through that is where I started to have this hunger of. There's got to be other people that feel like a Looney tune, like I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, they like, well, have the silliest triggers. Like I couldn't watch the news or I couldn't mm. use the microwave because oh. the ticking of the number mm-hmm. going down would make me anxious because yeah. I would freak out. Like, what if I don't get it in time or what if it explodes? Yeah, And I couldn't check my email because it felt like to a number I couldn't control. Mm. So, you know, I, one of the things I learned in this season was detecting those patterns of what mm-hmm. was a trigger. And for me, it was uncontrolled numbers, the scale. Yeah. Like I had to get rid of the scale you altogether. That. Yeah. And the doctor told me, no, mental health first and physical health will come. And mm-hmm. it, and that happened. But um, I was so, honest to goodness, disappointed in Christian culture and within Christian resource. Because as a woman who's 22, 23 years old, there was not one thing or someone out there. There was no Christian you know, um, person on a stage that was openly talking about anxiety and depression in a debilitating way, mm-hmm. you know, people would talk about how they had had depression after they had a baby, or they would talk about, you know, sometimes they were anxious when they did this, but no one talked about it in a clinical stance. Like this was dark and this is how Jesus brought the light. There was no yeah. one out there. Mm-hmm. And so I was frustrated because I was hungry for it. Like mm-hmm. you ever just get that soul hunger of like, if I could just get my hand on that one right thing. Mm hmm. Then I feel like I could get a foothold, and and it just wasn't there. And so my parents have always taught me that if you can't find what you're looking for, it's your job to create it. Mm. And so um, that's when Unapologetic was born, and it started out as a blog, and I just openly started talking about my struggles with anxiety, and I would make very sarcastic posts, like five things to say with your friend to, to not say to your friend who has anxiety. I love that. And so they're kind of quirky things. And, you know, this has been five years now. And so that was back before. Now it's kind of cutesy or cultury to talk about anxiety and depression. But back then, like I was really concerned that like my whole small town back in North Carolina was like going to call my mom and be like, somebody needs to admit her, like, you know, just because nobody talks about that stuff. Like, you have to be extra crazy to be willing to put out your dirty laundry on the front porch. Right. And in the South, particularly, we sure don't do that.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so here I was not only parading it around, but like, you know, it was in writing. And so I started to talk about it. And um, that year, Darren Lent, especially, which is, you know, so important as we're going into that season. It struck me for the first time that Jesus experienced these emotions, too. The paradox of living in a place where what you know has to happen is happening Mm -hmm. and you're fulfilling your job. And, you know, and there's even blessings a part of it as he's rising up leaders. And, you know, and I even feel that sense right now where it's okay to be sad or or to be struggling with some emotions and still be experiencing good things. And, you know, as we read scripture in Lent, we look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. We see him depressed. Yes. You can't tell me that's anything but depression. Lord, take this away from me. Mm-hmm. Like he felt the dark cloud of depression of, I know this has to happen, but Lord, I don't want it to. And that's how I feel like so many people sit in depression is you feel like you are sitting under a circumstance you can't control. But yet God doesn't always immediately give you the relief of it. Right. And so just to know that my Lord and savior, who in mm-hmm. fact was perfect, experienced such a range of emotions taught me as in an Graham three, that it's okay to feel all the things. Mm-hmm. Like I don't just have to be happy. I don't just have to be joyful. And that's what mm-hmm. I kept being pr- preached to like, just be joyful, choose joy, choose mm-hmm. joy. And I'm like, how can you choose joy when there's so much of a dark cloud over me, or I'm getting bad news after bad news. Like mm-hmm. choosing joy, um, sometimes can't override a chemical imbalance, and so mm-hmm. we need. I needed people from a Christian standpoint that I trusted to speak into that, and mm-hmm. so that's where Unapologetic was born. Um, and the word came from my Christian mentor, the one that I went and spoke to the day I had my nervous breakdown. Um, it was just a word that she always kind of told me, "Well, that's you know." the way I handle things is always unapologetic. Like I'm going to do it and I'm going to ask permission later, Mm. you know, and the way I've approached things has, you know, I'm not going to curse, but you know, perturbed a lot of Christian people because they're like, well, that's just not how we do it. Right. Or we don't say that or we don't do that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly why I have brothers and sisters here dying for the word of God, but you won't dare touch them because you won't go where they are. Mm. And so if I have to make you mad and, you know, perturb you to the point that you take me outside of your circle or say, you know, if we don't claim her, that's fine, because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't hang out with them either. And so um, unapologetic yeah. was just the only word that seemed to encompass my approach to things. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's still so many people that don't believe women should do the kind of ministry right. that I do. Um, and then, to it w- became very apparent for me that I wasn't even supposed to go to divinity school first, which was hard. Mm-hmm. Because at Enneagram 3, I'm an achiever. I want Check the that title the
0: list. Yes. Right. Have it, that it, piece of paper. It, right.
1: I need the paper, put it, you know, put it on the wall. And, um, God made it clear that it wasn't about my title, but his. Mm. And so I just had to, I had to go for it. And so I yeah. literally made a website, started a blog all within 72 hours and just put it out there and didn't tell anyone. Mm. And, um, and so we've been doing it now for quite some time and over a hundred Bible studies then. And so, You know, I have this encouragement to people to hear that, you know, when people say turn your mess into a message and all like that's cute. But I say sometimes like we have to turn our SHIT storm, Mm -hmm. you know, into the foundation of what's going to be our whole calling, you know, and and some people are like, well, I wish that didn't happen. If that hadn't happened, I would have never learned the definition of empathy or grace Mm. because I didn't have it. Right. I mean, I was that person that would tell people to calm down and get over it mm. as a Christian. Yeah. I mean, and we, know, we know plenty of other Christians that think that way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, or they think that you can pray anxiety away or that, you know, there's certain things that are based in a truth. Mm-hmm. But I think get turned
0: mm-hmm.
1: and used in a way that um, shackles people even further. And I know for me that I want to be known as a chain breaker. So that yeah. means I have to come in and do things a little differently then that's what we're going to do. And that's what unapologetic's about. That's so
0: amazing. I'm, I hope that just didn't sound like a huge ramble. No, but. I am so inspired because it's so easy to walk around the broken glass of mm-hmm. a situation and you put on your cute little Nike Air Force and you <laughs> trample over it and say, this yeah. is not how it's going to be done. Yeah. I just know how broken I was. Yeah.
1: And I know what it took to... For God to, I mean, I was to the point where I was having hallucinations of like demons, like mm. hard time. I knew what it took for God to walk me out of that. I call it the valley. Mm-hmm. I know what it took for it to do that. So if the least I can do is be inconvenienced because mm-hmm. I need to turn my car around because someone needs me or I need to cancel appointment because my friend's having a meltdown, then that's the least I can do. Yeah, And I think that's the biggest problem right now within christian culture is we're so afraid of being inconvenienced Mm -hmm. we live in our society where everything's about on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing and for someone who's ending in three i can be very quickly rewarded for being myself Mm -hmm. and so my flesh wants to be on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next thing because that's how i'm wired but the holy spirit in me says but that's not me yeah. You know there's a great sermon series out there by Michael Todd and it talks about the pace of grace yes. and about how God never ran to another appointment. Mm-hmm. And he convicted me so hard I had to pause it and just lay on the floor for a minute and, and be so like, good." What? Like that you never hear God I mean talk about Jesus and say, "Well, he was sprinting to he Jerusalem." Ran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you he know, was sweating you so Yeah, like poor Peter in the back. Oh, like gosh. you never heard those things no. because they didn't. I've just tried to learn to live my life in a peace of which that God allows gaps and we have to allow gaps and margins so that we can be inconvenienced. If my schedule's too tight that a girlfriend calls and because her husband's gone, she's having a meltdown because she's got two toddlers Mm -hmm. and she's doing it on her own. And I don't have enough time to go pick up Chick-fil-A and take it by our house. Then I don't have enough time Mm -hmm. and I need to reevaluate my priorities. And that's saying something to first, I flew over 50 times last year, Mm -hmm. you know, into several different states, you know, you, you make time for what you want to make time for. it. So yes. if you're saying you're a follower of Jesus and that Jesus is a priority, then people have to be your priority. Mm-hmm. And so we, we can't spend three hours in the word a day and spend no time with people mm-hmm. and loving on people intentionally. But I think for so many people, they just need us to stop and sit with them in the middle of their storm and not try to dig them out of it right quick and just sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I tell people, come to Bible study. If you need to bring your glass of wine with you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit and question everything I have to say, like, that's fine too. Or if you don't even know where Ecclesiastes is, I'll break that down for you. There's no shame in the game. And that's the coolest thing, is to have people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. all demographics, people that have been burned by the church, saying, you know what? Like, if this crazy chick who like, Can't seem to like tell her head from her butt. Mm -hmm. Can sit down for a minute and just sit with her Bible. Then maybe I can figure it out too. So that's so good. That's kind of what we're doing.
0: Oh, I just feel like you live your life between each breath. You breathe in Mm. and you breathe out, and then you realize, okay, everything that has breath is made to praise the Lord, and that's what I'm called to do. Yeah, that is you, and that Mm, I'm so inspired because that's something that if I'm too busy to do my homework or Mm -hmm. just want to do what I want to do rather than, Oh my gosh, my friend really needs me right now. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. My schoolwork is not as important as a friendship and another heart out there. That's Mm -hmm. just as broken as mine. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah, And it's hard. And I think,
1: I think that's something that I learned in college with having so much going on Mm -hmm. is, you know, it was a different kind of priority, but I learned I had to prioritize myself. You know, I was taking 22 credit hours and president of an organization Mm -hmm. working and trying to do all the things. Yeah. And so I had to really schedule myself, you know, hourly and really take into account, like, where's my time going? Mm -hmm. You know, what's sucking all my time up? And so by doing that, I mean, I would schedule. And it sounds crazy, but I would schedule coffee dates with friends back to back at the same coffee shop, 30 minutes piece between them. So I could do a little bit of work here and a little bit of work there. But, you know, I knew that I needed to be pouring into my little and I knew I needed to have a meeting about kind of event. And so I just had to get really smart and strategic. Mm -hmm. And I think that we believe in some weird way that we're just going to wake up one day and have life figured out Mm -hmm. or that God's going to suddenly send us this list of priorities. Yeah. Do this, then this, then this, check it off. And that's, and that's just not, that's just not how it works. And it's only going to get more complicated, but I'm a big believer that if you can't do what you have now Mm. and what's going on now, why would God give you more? He can't. Yeah. And so you're going to have to let go of some things priority wise, let go of your childish ways. And you know, Mm. one of the things I've Kind of convicts my clients and you know my Bible study followers even of is you know how much time are you on your phone you can look at it and tell and I teach by a marketing method of if you can't do it in an hour then you're not doing it right mm-hmm. and so if we get more strategic with our time then we mm-hmm. will always have time for people yes you know like our my grandfather's generation the World War II generation. Like she, they had farms and businesses at the same time, but still managed to make dinner at five mm-hmm. and watch Wheel of Fortune at six, oh. you know, like they had margin and capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just have to get back to prioritizing things yeah. so that we can. And if you do that now while you're in college or you do that, while you're in your early twenties that by the time you get to your late twenties where I am and God throws you know, all kinds of things into your life that you're like, wasn't expecting this, mm-hmm. especially walking through adoption, it's so much easier to handle yeah, because you're like, okay, this is where I cut the fat. you already planted the seed. Yep. You already college. know how to prune. Like, if you have to learn how to prune while having toddlers, it's going to be so much harder. Yeah. But if you learn how to prune while you're in college and you're just having to prune things like, okay, maybe I shouldn't go have a four-hour coffee date. Maybe it's just a two-hour coffee date. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't be trying to blow up my Instagram at the same time as I'm trying to make the Dean's list and have a healthy relationship with my friends and family, Mm -hmm. you know, prioritize. If you do it now, then what God will give you to carry later, is going to be not only your heart desire, but it's not going to stress you because you don't want that burden and blessing to have to coexist.
0: That's so encouraging to hear because I think I'm now just understanding routine a little bit better as my mm-hmm. third year in college. The mm-hmm. first year, Kendall, I stayed up till like two or three in the morning with my roommate, just yeah. having so much fun. It was like we weren't like partying; we were watching Disney movies and just oh, yeah, having get a pure fun time. Mm-hmm. But now, like I'm in bed at nine thirty, ten thirty at the latest mm-hmm. to get up early to sacrifice that sleep to have time with the father, mm-hmm. and it's just like to see how much I've grown in that period of time. It's like, I needed this and it's hard, but discipline is so beautiful because I want to be able to, whenever I have that family someday, Mm -hmm. be able to prioritize those kids and know how. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and because marriage and children, you know, I'm so new to the mom thing, but I've been with my husband since I was 15. Wow! And so we've been together 12 years um, now and it's wild. There's nothing that will make you reprioritize things than moving in with your husband mm-hmm. and y'all having completely different schedules, you know, he's yeah. military. And so he's up, you know, four thirty in the morning and I'm a night owl. I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. Like my best time to work is from 11 PM to 3 AM. Wow. Like I can crank anything out at oh, that yeah. time of day. And so learning to adjust and kind of give and take, but I do want to encourage people. Like if your time of day, like for me is those hours, then you just can't also sleep to noon. So, mm-hmm. Decide how much how many hours of sleep do you need? Like for me, I need seven. I don't need eight. I'm good at seven. Mm -hmm. And I can handle six a few nights a week. And so if I'm gonna stay up till one, that means I can still get up by eight. Mm -hmm. You know? And so just really being intentional in how we plan things, but you don't have to change yourself or somebody else. Yeah. And because they're like, Well, this is how my schedule works. Kids are in bed by nine, everybody's asleep by ten. I'm gonna wake up and have breakfast done by six thirty. I read those books right now as a 27-year-old new mom about how Patty Perfect has her day planned, and it gives me so much anxiety. And I just cry, and I'm like, Lord, that is not me. I'm like, if this is what it takes to be a mom, I'm never going to make it. Mm. And God just has released me that. He's like, I didn't call you to be that mom. I called you to be you, mm-hmm. as a mom, and so like what works for me? Like so, my six week old is on eleven p.m. night time schedule. She doesn't go down to eleven, but I'm single parenting right now while mm-hmm. my husband is gone, and so eleven p.m. works for me because I don't want to have to give up dinner dates with friends or family as they're in town to have to put the baby down by six because I already spend all day by myself. You know, mm-hmm. with her, it just works for us. She gets plenty of sleep. She's on a great eating schedule. It might not be conventional, but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. And so, yeah. you know, back to being unapologetic, I think those are things that can set us apart as Christians. It doesn't have yes. to be our hairstyle. It doesn't have to be how we dress, mm-hmm. but it's how we can sit with the Lord and feel convicted that mm-hmm. he has called us. And, you know, you as Georgia to a purpose and yeah. me and Kendall to his purpose. It doesn't have to look like anybody else. It doesn't have yeah. to be a cookie cutter, but figure out what works for you. If yeah. that's a weird schedule, if that's a weird eating schedule, or, you know, if you're like, if for best study time for me in the Bible is after everybody else in the world's asleep. Cause mm-hmm. I don't want the pinging of any sounds because yeah. I'm that person. Like my mom reads the Bible first thing in the morning too, mm-hmm. but I'm hangry, you know, I wake up and I'm like, feed me. Yeah. I'm just sitting there trying to make it through Galatians. And I'm like, man, I would really love a Pop-Tart. Mm-hmm. Like I would really love a Pop-Tart mm-hmm. or, or like, I'm wishing I had at least three espressos to get me through, you know, your pro times. Yeah. it's hard just because it doesn't look like the way you do it or the way I do it doesn't mean it's better or worse. That's right. And so like, for me, I can't start my day reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like I'll fall asleep. And then Like I'll just, it'll take me six hours or I'll get really dug into it. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I will have read all of first John and made 700 notes and it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have gotten nothing accomplished. Yeah. And so for me, To start my day in the Word is to start, I start with a sermon while I'm getting ready. Mm -hmm. You know, um, our pastor, Stephen Furtick Mm -hmm. or Michael Todd, or I'll put on a Beth Moore um, preaching series, just anything like that to start my day. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and you're like, you know, there's no way I'm getting a vase, hour and a half, put that on while you're getting ready, curling your hair. Um, And it is amazing just how that 30 to 45 minutes of them speaking life and truth into your heart and soul will change the trajectory of that whole day. Oh, yeah. It'll change everything. It'll change how you approach the traffic because I'm like, I mean, it's crazy. I can tell which days I've not soaked in some Jesus based on whether or not I want to tailgate somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. Isn't that amazing? And and so I think those the tiny things that, you know, you not having row rage could be a small sign to someone. The way -hmm. you approach, you know, the waiter that mess up your meal three times is going to show somebody, you know, Jesus. You know, the way that you handle all the little things is going to point people to the big thing in Christ.
0: Oh, that is so true. And, you know, for me, I was trying to think how, how does this relate to my life of, you know, things that I'm giving up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I haven't been to a single party in college. I Mm -hmm. haven't, you know, done anything like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and people say, Oh, well, this is the college experience. You need to go live Mm -hmm. your life girl. But for me, Mm, I'm good. Like I'm good right right here, And I'm going to live that unapologetically. I'm not yeah. going to apologize for not drinking until I can't see anymore. Or yeah. I don't even know how to find a party. Like, and, and yeah. if you do do that, those things, I love you. And, and you're amazing right where you are, but that's just not who I am and who I'm called to be in this season. Right. At all. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are personal convictions that we both have and they're right. different. Yeah. And, and, and it's all different. You, That was the
1: one of the things I struggled with, even in college, because as someone who is a more aggressive type personality, like, you Mm -hmm. know, my husband calls me a wrecking ball. Like I come (laughs) in and I'm like, I'm here to like shake things up. Yeah. And so in college, before I learned empathy, I would look at people and be like, well, you don't need to go because it says right here. Clearly, you shouldn't do that. You know, like that was kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. Or even if I didn't say it, I thought it. I was like, well, I don't go so clearly. I'm ahead of you on the spiritual journey. Yeah. Like we think these things. Right. And even if we never articulate them out loud, then just how we behave or we kind of condescend people. Yes. But, you know, what I, what I learned is there's a great scripture, and I wish I could point to it right now. This says, don't get upset or angry with those who don't know what you know. Yes. And whew, that'll convict you because I'm like, mm-hmm. here I am getting so upset We'll keep picking on the same Patty because Mm -hmm. she is going out and living her quote unquote best life, but she might not know what's eternal life. Right. She might not know the hope of Jesus. She might not know what that looks like. And then I became very convicted with the idea and the concept that I might be the closest thing she ever sees to that. Mm. And so how I approach her and, you know, how I handle things. So I quickly became the person then that people would call, you know, I'm at the club and I got left or I feel uncomfortable. Will you come get me? You know, and, and it it didn't ever faze me or, you know, and it didn't hurt my feelings because they know I didn't judge or, you know, even today. And I tell people all the time, like I've, there's been several times where I've led Bible study with a glass of red wine and people look at me and I'm, sure, like, what in the heck is she doing? Mm-hmm.
0: They'll quote that scripture at you, don't yeah. get drunk on wine. But then
1: at the same time, I'm like, but you would be okay if I took a pain pill because I had a broke leg or because I need, take a Xanax because I had anxiety, but you're mm-hmm. not okay with me having one glass of wine. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if my heart rate is way too high and I'm worked up today because of extenuating certain circumstances, I need a half a glass of wine to bring my heart rate down so that I can settle into the word and worship and scripture. I don't think Jesus is real mad at it mm-hmm. because the time that it took for you to get upset at me is what the devil stole. Mm. No, that's not for me to worry about. And the yeah. truth is, is, I've never, not in two years of doing things, mm-hmm. probably in Bible study or the five years of writing and everything, had anyone ever come at me and talk about having a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And at first, it, my mom was worried for me more than mm-hmm. anxious because my mom knows I'm not one to drink to get drunk, but I, we would be at a beautiful vineyard in Portland and I'd have a glass of wine and mom's like, do you really want to post that? Cause you know, the ministry and everything. And I'm like, mom, if they can't handle me drinking one glass of wine, then they're not the kind of Christians that are going to be able to handle the message. I'm mm. sending out because, unfiltered. because it is unfiltered and, yeah. and I'm, I'm way more of a Peter than any other, um, <laughs> any other disciple, because I think he too is very unapologetic. He, yeah. you know, at one minute he's like, yeah, you need somebody to walk out and water. Got you boo. Running full Mm steam ahead and another minute be like, you know what? I'm not sure of any of this. Yeah. But yet he was still the one chosen to build the house to build the house of the church on. And and so if God can love me where I'm at and as I'm figuring things out and that's not to say I might be convicted differently in two years, Mm -hmm. but God is going to use whatever you have. Yeah. And then the season that you're in. So I, if this is what I have and this is the season that I'm in and God can use it, then he's going to do it. If not, he would have shut it down a long time ago. Right. Whatever the sin you have or whatever quirks you have that makes mm-hmm. you Georgia or me, Kindle, mm-hmm. God's going to use that. Yeah. And so that also means whatever you have right now is all you need to get started. Whatever that one thing is that God is pushing at mm-hmm. you to do. Cause I totally believe that we're all called to something. It might not be a podcast. It might not be a blog. Yeah. It just might simply be called that, you know, have weekly lunch dates with an underclassmen that needs some shepherding, mm-hmm. but we're all called.
0: I agree. Oh my goodness. And that's so good. And that's, that's encouraging to know that, you know, you can still love your friends and they know that you'll always be there mm-hmm. and you can go pick them up from the party. Like mm-hmm. I've done that a couple times and, and it's just so beautiful that you can love them in that way. And I just think if we all did that a little more, this mm-hmm. world would be a better place. If there was no judgment mm-hmm. and no condemnation, like if we actually loved like Jesus. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Just imagine.
1: Yeah. And, and did it without expecting anything in return. Yes. And that's the key. And that's huge. Because I hear, too, the argument from a lot of friends in college, because I've had the opportunity to, to kind of disciple and mentor a lot of friends. Is, well, you know, I go and I hang out at these parties, or but I don't drink. Mm. Or I go to the club and I don't do these things. Yeah. Um, but I also know statistically that you become the average of the five people you hang yes. around the most. And so I believe the light that we're called to be in darkness is a contrast. So the contrast is you going to be able to pick them up and still be their friends. Mm-hmm. It's not you being able to sit in the middle of the party like kumbaya while people are playing beer punk. I don't think yeah. that's the contrast yeah. Jesus is looking for. I think the contrast is, is you going to meet them where they're at, mm-hmm. picking them up, and then taking them away from it? Yes, Jesus never left anyone, you know, mm. Jesus didn't leave the woman at the well. No, he didn't go to the well and hang out because that's where she was. So if you're going to the party just to hang out and then coming back home by yourself and oh, nothing that's changed, so good. then wow. you're not really putting a purpose there. But Mm-mm. if you're going to parties or you're hanging out with new people and you're bringing that light of Christ that's drawing them in, then you're also going to be drawing them away from something. You can't be drawn to two things at the same time. Mm. And so, you know, there should be a difference And as you're being drawn away from that. Then clearly that light will come with you. So good. Jesus didn't
0: go to the woman at the well just to leave her there. Yeah. Well, and I
1: just don't think that we ever, I I know for me, for sure. Like I don't ever want to put myself in a place of temptation, same. Like I know there are certain times in the month that I just don't need to go to the chocolate aisle at Target Amen. because I'm going to buy the whole aisle, mm-hmm. not once, but twice, but three times. And so <laughs> I just don't go there. Yeah. Or, I, you know, I don't put myself in that place of temptation or even to this day at 27 years old, I know there are certain people that I won't go meet with alone. Right. Not even like as a woman to a man, but like other women, just because I know that in a weak moment I can get caught up in the cattiness. Yep. And so, like, I just know that's not for me, and like, mm-hmm. I need the accountability of someone else that I know is watching, yeah. and that it's gonna, it's gonna convict me to act differently. And so, as Christians, being self-aware is something that we kind of have to be a little bit more, yes, um, onto and practicing and saying, what are my personal limits and your limits and my limits might look differently mm-hmm. um, because I'm not afraid of kicking, pulling somebody out of somewhere, kicking and screaming, or leading them away. Yeah, but I have friends that like. That, that's not their personality. Yeah. They can kind of get sucked into the vortex. Mm-hmm. And so they know they're just not going to go at all. Right, And so knowing yourself, knowing your own limits and kind of knowing where God has called you, um, will help you say, okay, is this a yes or no? We can mm-hmm. create those clear boundaries yeah. for each other. And that's why I have so many friends that I respect that don't drink at all mm-hmm. because that's a clear boundary for them. And I have, No problem with that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's things that I choose to do and to not do that other people are like, you know, you are nutso. You know, like, why? Mm -hmm. But it's just they're hard lines that God has called me to. And so, you know, if you're in college and you're trying to figure out what are those lines for me, then, you know, I would say, take some time to reflect. You know, take some time to write down when were the last times that I felt most uncomfortable Mm. or that I felt like, mm-hmm. Me? So I wouldn't uh, want my mom to find this on Snapchat yes. or, or whatever it is, because something I've guys put on my heart the last couple of years is called soul friction, and this idea that whenever our soul is in a place it's not supposed to be, or it wasn't called to be, or it finds itself in out of season, there becomes this friction. Mm. And for me, it makes me antsy. It makes me like want to jump my skin. It makes me yeah. want to rush to the next category. But. You know, I think we feel it a lot of times when we go to those parties, or we're, when we're in a car with people we know we probably shouldn't be in a car with, yeah. or when we're watching things that we probably shouldn't be watching. You know, we feel this tension that is conviction, but it's also our soul saying, "Oh no, oh no, oh no!" Red the, flag, right, red flag. The pureness <laughs> in us is like, "Get it away, get it away." Yeah. And so, if we start paying attention to those times, like, "Okay, I felt this when," okay, mm, this being, is, aware. Uh, being aware, being yes. aware, because our lack of awareness makes us feel like. There's so much we can't handle or like we've got to fix everything. At Everything's out of control. Then mm-hmm. oh, just pay yeah. attention to one friction at a time. Mm. And so that's like for me still at this age, like right now, there's a lot of friction within some some relationships that I'm just like, it's not healthy for me right now. Yeah. I'm not shutting the door, but I'm not prioritizing it. Mm-hmm. So then it makes me go back to my other list of priorities and say, OK, not saying no forever, but it's a no right now. Yeah. And especially with having a baby and, you know, trying to really create a safe spiritual start Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. I've got to be extra careful of what energy I'm allowing in our home, what things I'm allowing to come in contact with our spirits, because I know it all can become contagious. Yeah, And so I just don't have the luxury right now to be quite the fierce warrior Mm -hmm. as I'm used to being because you can't hold a shield and a baby and a sword. And so I've got to pick two. And so for Mm -hmm. right now, it's the baby and the shield where these first 27 years of my life have been a sword and a shield. Oh, yeah. And so for right now, until my husband gets back Mm -hmm. and until, um, you know, she gets a little bigger, it's all about the shield. There's a whole sermon you can, I could go into about how oh, that's so how, good. The, how the shield you know is a weapon in in and of itself, but yeah, when we have that self acknowledgement and that self actualization time to sit in ourselves, so many times I think we think quiet time has to be about God and other people. We mm-hmm. don't take time to think about ourselves. Yeah, but we are the vessel. Mm-hmm. We we cannot further the mission of God or the kingdom without taking care of the vessel. Right, and yeah. if if the vessel is not pure and the, if the vessel is not really taken care of, then we could be pouring into a a jar with a lot of holes and the water not getting anywhere. And then we're just exhausting ourselves. Yeah, We're like, Lord, what in the world? But yet there was probably a friction point that now has created a crack and everything's flowing through. Mm. So we've got to acknowledge where those weaknesses or pain points might be. And that could be the one thing that could push you into the season you've been praying for. Wow. You know, to just take care of those little things. Mm -hmm. Because every time we give up something, we create space to receive something.
0: I'm receiving so much oh. right now. So thank you, number one. But number two, when you were in that season of high school and college and yeah. um, trying to navigate those feelings of just anxiety and depression, like, and then coming over that and just mm-hmm. the, the three majors, everything, just life was just a lot. Yeah. Um, and different than this season, like for someone my age and younger and a little older, but like, how did you just handle it and just be there and love people mm-hmm. amidst? like the internal struggle. Mm-hmm. Did, was it really internal? Did people know that you were dealing with all this? Were you very vocal or was it more like very isolated?
1: Um, both. Oh, And wow. so remember, everything is seasonal. Mm-hmm. We're made as cyclical beings. Everything is going to have a cycle. Mm-hmm. So you can't force a harvest during a drought. You mm-hmm. cannot do it. So I cannot go on an evangelical campaign when God has called me to be in my home taking care of my soul. Because there's nothing to pour out to those people or to those friends. And so there was a good part of that season where when I was really depressed and just isolated that I had to love people from afar and I also had to allow people to love me. And And as someone who likes control, it was hard. So if you're going through that then maybe this is not the season that you try to get 15 people to church every Sunday. Mm. Maybe this is the season that you go pull up a chair to the table of Christian women that are five years older than you and just sit and receive Mm. or say, how do I serve them? Because I just need to be around them more because they clearly made it through this season. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I pulled my chair up to a lot of tables that I had no business at. For so long, I'm that person that tried to pull people with me that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like cracking the whip and like, come on, it's good for you. Get up, let's go. let's go. You know, like, let's let's do it. But God was very clear in that if I wanted to make it into the next season, Mm -hmm. that I had to not only let other people carry me, which was my husband and my mother, but like, I had to sit at tables that could pour into me because it wasn't my job to pour into everybody else right now. Mm -hmm. And so you can't do both. No. And so if you're in a hard season... Take time, take a pause, you know, go into the ground, Mm -hmm. go deep, you know, get your roots planted, allow yourself to be poured into, let the rain pour in, Mm -hmm. but also let the sun shine on you. If it starts to feel good, you don't have to blossom today. Mm -hmm. You don't have to blossom, sit in it. Yeah. And for me, that's hard because Mm -hmm. I don't like to sit anywhere. You know, I'm like the first piece of sunshine, I'm like, boom, let's go. (laughs) You know, like, that's just my mentality. Kick the door down. Let's handle it. But God has made me realize that sometimes sunshine is just not only a purifier and a detoxifier, but it, it sheds light to the areas that we need to work on. Yeah. And so you're not ready mm. quite yet. And so give what you can, there are some relationships you don't need to drop off, but you cannot be best friends with everybody right now. Mm-mm. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think my blog and being able to write, cause this was before Instagram was really big and captions and all that. You know, it was a great way for me to write things that I felt were helpful for other people to encourage other people without me having to have a soul tie to them right then. Because I think one of the issues right now that we're seeing across teenagers and young 20s is when you live in a place like college where you're in contact with hundreds Mm -hmm. of other people in similar situations as you, it's hard to prioritize those friendships. And so you feel like you're best friends with everybody and so you have all these soul connections with everyone. So you're worried about everyone all the time. Yeah. But what that's doing is exhausting your soul. So before you can even go to your first class, you're having to spend three hours in the word. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is, in every season of your life, that is not going to be sustainable. Right. So you have to figure out, Lord, help me scale this season mm-hmm. so that I can be rooted and strong and help where I can. Mm-hmm. But give me the courage to say No. You know, give me the boundary and the discernment to, you know, only cling to what is good and what is yours. Yeah. That I don't have to save everybody right now. Mm. And that's hard for me because too. I'm that person that, you know, at 18, like by 25, I wanted to have like cure cancer, like ended poverty be the president. and be the president yeah. by 25. And, you know, so when I turned 25, I'm like, crap, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, like I have that. I wake up with that sense of urgency in looking at Jesus's story, you know, he didn't start his ministry till 30. And he had three years to fulfill all the Messianic prophecies. And yet mm-hmm. he did it. Yeah. If it's for you and it's for your time, there is no timeline that can hold that back. And so you've got to surround yourself with those people that can pour into you. It's mm-hmm. not a selfish thing to want to go glean from those people. But you've also got to surround yourself with the word, you know, finding some truth. I don't need you to, you know, memorize all of Psalms between now and next Friday, mm-hmm. but sign, just find 10 truths that your soul needs and just put those in places you can read. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to write down every scripture you've ever learned in the most be- beautiful calligraphy that I would want to buy on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Like Write it down in chicken scratch on the backside of your biology note. I don't care. Yeah. Just put it somewhere that you can you know, receive it, and it's good. So it doesn't have. have to be perfect. And just little by little, because the truth is the closer you get to Jesus, The more he's going to guide your path Mm -hmm. and he can make that crooked path straight but you don't have to have it figured out yes and so you'll be able to say yes to lunch no to lunch all those things little by little easier Mm -hmm. once your eyes are right on him but as soon as your eyes start to deviate that's when we get over complicated and we're overwhelmed and
0: stressed and yeah unnecessary anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. And because last spring, like I was about knocking myself over trying to Mm. fit five or six coffees in a week of just, I need to love everyone. I need to be there for everyone. But then at the end of the day, I'd be like, who am I? And I'm not loving myself well because I can't. Who else is loving Georgia? Yes. And it was just like, I felt like there was no one there for me because I was trying to be everything to everyone. But once I realized you can't be everything to everyone, Mm -mm. I could take that deep breath and be like, right you know what, I can just be Jesus's girl right now. Yeah. Well, and not
1: only can you not be everything to everyone is, I remember having a real conversation with my husband right when we got married. I remember we'd been together by the time we got married seven years. So like, this wasn't like we were random or like new relationship yeah. is, but I had to look him square in the eyes and say, I can't be God for you. And there's probably relationships in everybody's life and yours included mine included Mm -hmm. where I am God for other people. And so people think that they have to go through me to get to God or they have to hear from me to hear from God. And so what you're actually doing is getting in the way of God. And And that's the last
0: thing either of us want to do. And so that
1: was one of the prayers going into my late twenties. I started to pray, Lord, make me trip and fall before I get in your way. Yeah. Like, don't let me get in your way. Like if, if I need to run Push me to run. If I need to slow down, then trip me up because, you know, I'm not going to stop running mm-hmm. because I don't have breaks. And so, but I'm like, if that means I have to fall on my face in front of everybody, that's fine. But don't let me be the reason someone can't see you. Yeah. And so mm. remember that sometimes good intentions can still be a block for someone's blessing.
0: And after that spring, then the fall came and it was mm. totally opposite. It was see? isolation and just like me and Jesus. Like, girl, I went out with one girl the whole semester. Wow. And even shutting down to like just my small group like it was just me and Jesus and people were yeah. like Georgia we haven't even seen you at college ministry Georgia where have you been like and I, I had no explanation other than you know it's just me and Jesus sometimes you have to yeah and you can't compare those Mm-mm. you can't say oh well God isn't loving me well in this season or as he Mm-mm. did in this season like you said it's just seasons and they're different and now we're into the next spring of the next yep. year and I'm a totally different person
1: yeah one of my favorite songs right now by I think it's his song is Talons and Heartache oh, oh. I'm not very good with song ties. I'm sure you could probably tell, but, um, <laughs> but I love the lines talk about he is with you in the highlands and in the, in the heart. All yeah. The same. All the same. And mm. it's so true. But, you know, as you've embarked on this podcast and you know, that being the season yeah. before this, it was the preface, something God shows over and over in the Bible, that isolation always comes before elevation. Mm. And so before you're called to a new thing, not necessarily always a better thing, but just a new thing is God needs to separate you to get some things straight. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's probably some revelation that you've received that you were like, Oh my gosh, I would have not noticed that or Lord, I would have not heard that or it wouldn't have sank in the same way. Had I felt like I was having to read, to regurgitate it to other people, right? You know, if I needed just, to receive it. Yeah, you just needed to soak it in for yourself. And so we all have those different seasons, and we just have to, you know, take them for what they are. Because the older I get, the more I realize is I know absolutely nothing about anything, which is a complete contrast of 22 Kendall, 22 Kendall was like, Yeah. I got a plan. I know the plan. I'm going to stick to the plan. Y'all got to jump on the plan. Mm-hmm. We just want to do Woo-hoo. the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that was just my mentality versus the older guy. I'm like, not only do I know nothing, but I have nothing. Yeah. yeah. And so everything I do have, or what is happening is all Jesus because he's getting all the glory. Mm-hmm. And we saw that so evidently in how our adoption process went, because we were told, Time and time again, you know, be prepared to take 12 to 18 months, if not two years. Wow. So, you know, that becomes the plan because that's what everyone's telling us. And, you know, between us starting the process and us literally bringing her home was less than five months. Wow. And I mean, it was just uncanny the way God had lined things up. Mm-hmm. But I hope that encourages people that if it's for you, people, other people can't get in the way. They can put an you expiration in the way. Date. There's no day on it. There's nothing. So if you, we just kept our eyes on Jesus and at the task at hand. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the flip side of that coin is, is there our task? Because mm-hmm. I see so many young people with like their eye on the sparrow and they're just staring at Jesus. But yet they're not action oriented. Mm-hmm. Faith and works. Yes. Faith and works. You can't have one without the other in order to spread the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now you can become a monk really well if you just want to have faith. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what we need in this season and on campuses and in our local churches, even because I think there's got to be a revival in our local church yeah. just with some good. I mean, holy fire mm-hmm. is that there has to be diligent work, you know, just like with adoption process. There's paperwork after paperwork after paperwork, a lot of which is just pure tea silliness because mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing a hundred times but it is a necessary means to the end. So there is work that we all have to do in Mm -hmm. accordance to the blessings that we want to receive and in accordance to the will of the Father, in accordance to the calling that He has laid on us and according to our heart's desires. He's a good, good Father. And what good, good Father doesn't want us to have the desires of our hearts. Mm -hmm. But just like my dad right now, you know, he expects certain things of me in order for me to receive my inheritance. I can't go swindle time away. I can't go swindle my opportunity or my gifts away. Yeah. And so I I just hope that people get in the habit of saying simple prayers of Lord, show me what I have so that I can use it for your glory. Mm -hmm. Help me forget about the rest, you know, or, or Lord, show me what I'm holding too closely and that I need to let go of. Mm. One of the things God told me back in the fall was hold it close, but don't hold it too tight Mm. because if you hold it close and you hold it too tight, then if God asks for it back, you won't let go. Mm -hmm. But if we hold it close to our heart, then we're going to steward it well. Yeah. But if we have it loose, then if God needs it back, it's not going to hurt as bad. You know, we're not going to be clinging to his heart. Wow. So if you're clinging to Jesus, you clearly can't cling to anything else. Yeah. So hold your ministry close to your heart. Mm -hmm. Hold your friendships close to your heart. Yeah. You know, hold your business close to your heart. Hold your degree close to your heart, but don't hold it too tight. Because if you hold it too tight, that'll become your idol. That'll become your master. Mm -hmm. And then you will be tripping over your own self and be saying, Lord, why aren't you giving me the husband? Mm. Lord, why aren't you giving me the baby? Lord, why aren't you giving me the opportunity or the desire and God's like, if you would just let go of what you have, then I can give you all that you need. And I think that that's something I so wish I could have learned at 18. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm very stubborn. And so <laughs> I had to fall flat on my face several yeah. times and publicly in many ways. Mm. Um, and that's hard. Oh, my gosh, it is hard. Because who wants to do that? No. But there's been a gift. I think, too, you have the opportunity now with social media is allowing people to walk your journey with me, yeah. with you. And because, you know, as I went through surgery after surgery with infertility Mm, and different things and just then had to leave because he's in the army and that's just what they do. People came along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And I think when it came time for us to adopt and it happened so quickly, they saw God show up and it was a miracle in so many ways. And I think that it off like all the hurt Mm -hmm. in many ways wasn't washed away. I will never forget You know, a lot of the painful moments of the last seven years, but I could sit and just say, oh, but God, you knew. Yeah. And I would experience that all over again if I knew that that meant other people could experience a taste of heaven and get that invitation to spend sweet eternity with our Jesus, Mm -hmm. then I'd do it because this is, this is, this is fleeting. Yeah. You know, me falling on my face, embarrassing myself, making mistakes won't last forever. Mm-mm. But then getting to see Jesus in a different way that's not suited up and buttoned up and coming from a white man with gray hair. Yeah. If they're seeing it from this crazy white headed woman that they're like, what the heck is she doing? Then maybe just maybe they can say, maybe there's room for me too in the kingdom. Mm. And, you know, I hope that our ministry shows that and people feel that, that there's room for them. And that they can bring all of their mess and they don't have to figure it out before they get there. Um, Because I think for so long, I grew up in a denomination that made me feel like I had to have it figured out Mm -hmm. first. Like figure it out first and then we'll take it next to the next level or figure it out and then we'll teach you out how to make it better. Like there wasn't a lot of room for grace, but I think that was just a very cultural thing of the time Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And so bring it all you know jesus can handle it yeah like if jesus can handle being in ministry with someone that would end up betraying him for three years and Mm -hmm. he knew it the whole time Mm -hmm. then surely whatever is burdening your heart or whatever sin you're struggling with jesus can sit with while Mm -hmm. he works on you too and Mm -hmm. use you and so there's no sin too big there's no mess up too great i mean praise god i mean Mm -hmm. peter Peter for sure should have been on the short list of for sure not to build the kingdom after yep. he denied Jesus three times. But yet he was picked first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because he had the tenacity mm-hmm. and the charisma and the willingness to look pure stupid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are my three qualifications <laughs> for whether or not <laughs> I feel like I can do something. Is is, yeah. is the audience going to be willing to receive that? Mm-hmm. And if
0: so, then I have the full capacity to allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he needs to do. Oh. Kindle. where can we find all these amazing resources? So our Bible study group is on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and we're looking to move it onto YouTube, too. But for right now, we're
1: just on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and it's a group called the Unapologetic Tribe. And so, it's a group, we'll add you in there. But um, every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is live. So, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm coming in real hot because I'm coming in for another meeting or something coming else. Coming in or, hot, or girl. <laughs> you might see a, a baby in the background. But every week is live. And so, you can go back and watch all the ones we've ever done. Oh, wow. Um, and catch up. But we have just started the series on vision mm-hmm. going through Isaiah. And holy guacamole. I love the Old Testament mm-hmm. for 100 different ways reason, reasons. But... Isaiah is known as the vision. The vision book. And what better book to study in twenty twenty? Oh, for sure. So that's what we're doing this um Spring, And we're also going to be talking a lot about Lent coming up because I'm yes. a big believer of mm-hmm. a Lenten season and how it can purify our souls. Yes. And so that's on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram yes. at Kindle Mariah. Kindle like Kendall Jenner. Mariah, like Mariah Carey. <laughs> and then we have also an Instagram for Unapologetic Ministry. And so just kind of hang out. It's super casual. Yeah. Um, but we're just a lot of hungry people searching mm-hmm. and just wondering yeah. you know where and how god can use us and so you know right now in doing the bible studies we're just trying to help educate people what that looks like and what the word actually says you yeah know, an unfiltered version this mm-hmm. isn't kindle's opinion of the version you know every time we've done a bible study it's been scripture notes and that's it and so um unapologetic yeah i mean
0: What else do you need? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I am so thankful for Kendall and her heart and just her willingness to live her life as Jesus has called her to. Thank you, Georgia. Because as someone as 20 years old, I have no idea what I'm doing. But to see that you're ahead of me saying, hey, I don't know either, but do you want to run this race with me? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. It's so encouraging. And to know that like you were in the sorority, you were the cute girl in your pink and cheetah and Air Force ones like me. But yet we're so different, but still are both part. Parts of the body that are needed oh my gosh yeah and oh. it all
1: looks different and so what yeah. i was you can't tell in how i talk adhd galore i actually never took medication for it because i was part of that generation where that was a new thing mm-hmm. but my parents always said you know what people try to call you or what people try to put you under those titles especially nothing like having adhd or anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people try to hold you under, but they also can be a superpower. So yeah, whatever makes you weird or whatever makes you different (laughs) might be exactly what God is trying to use. So don't write it off. Don't try to put it in a box. Yeah. Use it because Mm. Georgia, I can assure you all the things that make you different and that make you Georgia is exactly what God is using right now and is made for a time as this yeah you know there is a reason that i think there's a lot of really unique ministries and a lot of unique speakers and writers coming forth because mm-hmm. the world needs different yes we need the shakeup, and yes. so i'm so encouraged that mm-hmm. you are coming alongside me and are you know right behind me in this race because that, that means that the seeds that i'm planting i may mm-hmm. never harvest Bless the Lord. He will allow mm-hmm. you to benefit from that. And he will allow those people to benefit from all that you do. And what a cool thing that we get to witness in the kingdom.
0: Oh. Please join me the next Wednesday yeah. and every Wednesday for all these Bible studies, because we're just going to be able to encourage each other on this journey of not knowing, but knowing who is. Yeah. And so thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Kendall, Thank you so, so much, much. had a blast. Oh, you're amazing. I'll see you all next time.